Welcome to the Not A Rabbi Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode Number 2, I believe. And thank you all for checking out the last episode with our special guest and Not A Rabbi legal correspondent, Brett Urich. It was a blast having him on the show. And we do hope to have him back. We have another topic uh, we're percolating right now. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that as well. I think I got a pretty interesting show going on for you today. And what it is, and also before I start uh, getting into the meat of the show, or a little bit of the meat of the show, unless you're vegan or vegetarian, then it's definitely not the meat of the show. But uh, would like to thank, as always, the fifth column discord server for hosting me and allowing me to do this uh on on their internet i guess i don't know whatever Uh, i'd like to thank everybody who is in the channel as well you know who you are and uh let's uh let's get into it what i have today what i wanted to talk about a couple of things today and we'll see how long the the uh, follow-up stuff that we have we've got a couple of issues of follow-up that i want to do Uh, We also have some uh, regular news that I want to do, and I have a question that I'd like to address as the main topic of the show, should there be enough time? Uh, We'll see what happens. Hey, but let's get right into it. So in the last episode of season two, we had talked about the Major League Baseball draft and how as something that was pretty groundbreaking which was the orthodox jews two orthodox jews in fact were drafted as uh prospects in the major league baseball draft uh one of them was an individual by the name of jacob steinmetz and the other one was then by the gentleman by the young man i should say not you know by the name of ellie kliegman uh they are both not in college yet and they were both they were both drafted, uh, one by the Arizona Diamondbacks and the other by the Washington Nationals. I would like to say, but I have to double check. Yes, the Washington Nationals. So anyhow, um, and I had said that there are going to be some interesting questions about how they go about doing some things in the uh, you know based on Jewish law with vis-a-vis playing baseball and. <clears throat> there is an interesting article uh, written in the Times of Israel and the Times of Israel's blog section. I have to point that out uh, because it's you know probably a little bit different. Their, their standards of journalism are probably slightly more relaxed. And what it's talking about here is uh, how Shabbos gets to find and how this would work with vis-a-vis playing baseball in a stadium. Now, uh, this is written by an individual by the name of Elhanan Pupko. Side story, and probably will get off onto a tangent, but uh, I know uh, multiple cousins of his. Uh, his, I'm not going to say it was uncle i don't think it was um, his father his probably might have been his uncle or his i'm sure it was his father uh his uncle who was the rabbi in pittsburgh uh at the point in time 
that I, uh, while I was growing up, he was the rabbi of a uh, of a one of the big synagogues over there, um, and as things work out, uh, you know, serendipitously, uh, I also now attend the synagogue where his father found his uh, another per- another Pupko brother uh, of this Pupko who you know. Uh, Rabbi Baruch Popko, uh, uh, who was the rabbi in Pittsburgh, I actually uh, am a member of the sh- of the synagogue where his the the brother, Rabbi Chaim Yitzchok Popko, uh, s- founded the synagogue. So it's it's <laughs> it's crazy how this goes, um, and I am you know it's it's very interesting, like I said. But he so I know a couple of people in the family, very interesting. Uh, family history, what I will, won't get into that because I don't want to go down too de- far down a um, a rabbit hole on that. Um, so this talks about the idea, you know, so briefly, you know, and this, it goes more into depth about it, but there are 39 main creative types of labors, which uh, there are s- multiple subsets of those 39 main li- creative labors that we have that we can't do on the on the Sabbath, and this Rabbi Pup, this Rabbi Pupko Alchanan Pupko uh, goes on to talk about some of the challenges that there may be, uh, and with this individual, and is it going to be? And this is actually a very interesting question in and of itself: Is it the letter of the law, or is it the spirit of the law? And this is a question which everybody asks and everyone deals with uh, in their own lives, either in any sort of way, either religiously or even non-religiously. They're going to they're gonna deal with it in this, uh, you know, these types of questions sometimes in their lives. And it may be that within the letter of the law, let's say if, uh, if they're able to walk to the park, uh, to the stadium, you know, all of these other things get allowed for them. Uh, they could actually play ball in the park. It's it's again. It's going to be something that is going to be very interesting. I feel to watch them uh, develop and see how they go about doing things in their minor league situations. Because a lot of times the minor league parks. Uh, for those of you that don't know. Uh, once you get drafted as a as from the uh, major league team, you get assigned to a minor league team. At that minor league team, those are generally smaller uh, communities uh, or cities that you're going to be playing in, which may or may not have a Orthodox Jewish community as- associated with them. So you you don't automatically you know if you get drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example. Uh, you know, and that's just because I'm using them as an example because I'm a fan of the Pirates. But if you get drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, then you go ahead and you don't start automatically in Pittsburgh, but you're going to work your way up. You got to start from a minor league team. I think they have one in Greensboro, uh, West Virginia. They got a co- they've got a team in Altoona. They've got a team in Indianapolis. Which you know, Indianapolis may it's as their as the last leg in the minor league stage uh, the triple a team before you get up to the major leagues indianapolis may have somewhat of a jewish community i'm i'm not really sure um but altoona certainly does not so it'll be interesting to see um and i'm sure that there are other places there that uh that may 
may or may not have these issues. Uh, also, for every, anybody that is hearing any noise in the background, I do apologize for the background noise. Uh, my recording studio now, uh, once we've moved, is in a uh, is adjacent to the washing uh, the laundry room. So <laughs> there may be a little bit of that, and uh, timing did not. I did not do the timing very well today. So I apologize, but that's uh, that is what it is. Um, and Ren, thank you very much. Everything sounds good. I am very glad to hear that. Thank you very much. Also, good to see you back in the channel. Thank you. Uh, anyhow, so that is the first article about this uh, drafting situation. Uh, the there is another article with regard to this uh, drafting situation. <laughs> Yes, and Ren says she is here for the baseball, knowing nothing about baseball. Well, we can always, uh, we could always, you know, teach you, learn you up about something. You just have to go. It's actually interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll digress for two seconds, um, because one of the things I was thinking of when I, when, when I was talking about this last article, is that if you're going to be playing in uh, what is called Rogers park now is that what it's called in toronto um there is a hotel associated with uh or adjacent not even adjacent but built into the stadium itself and what you can do is you know theoretically they could actually go ahead and rent room a room for one of the players or for one of these two players and have them have them stay there just walk right into the park stadium it might be very easy to do again it'll be interesting to see how they as individuals deal with these uh, laws. Now, some people may, they, you know, one of them, both of them, or neither of them may go ahead and decide that they do not want to, uh, you know, keep, you know, be religious anymore, and that's going to just be what it is. So it's very, very interesting, like I said, to watch. Okay, so the next one is uh, another article from the Jewish press this time, uh, which is an old, old publication based on old public when i say old publication i mean it's been around for a very very long time here in brooklyn the jewish press has an article also about these types of topics an individual by the name of rabbi uri pilichowski and i hope to be pronouncing that name correctly i do not know if i'm pronouncing his last name correctly uh rabbi if you are listening and i did not pronounce it correctly i do apologize um but he talks about some things uh, with regard to some pop culture stuff, which um, which one of them is a t new TV show, which I'm not going to get into because there is a lot about that. Um, about and he's trying to tie this into some other issues that happened. Of course, the big thing that everybody talks about when they talk about these young baseball players getting drafted is the fact that uh, most famously, Sandy Colfax who was a pitcher in the 1950s for the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, was, Jew was Jewish. I think he actually, is he still alive? I'll have to check that out. But let's just assume that he is. But he did refuse to pitch, because he, he was starting on a starting a, a baseball game, World Series game, to uh, be, be specific. And he went ahead and he refused to pitch on Yom Kippur, which is... Mostly the whole, I mean, not mostly, but it is the holiest day of the Jewish calendar altogether. And it was a big thing. People still refer to it because it is a very big thing. And what he, t and what he talks about in this case is 
a couple of things. One is, will these individuals, uh, Mr. Steinmetz and Kligman, inspire our children to draw closer to Judaism? And God willing that they, you know, like I said, that they'll stay religious, these, these people. Um, additionally, uh, he brings up the whole issue of Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, um, where Jared Kushner is an observant Jew. Uh, Ivanka, his wife, went ahead and converted to be Orthodox as well. And they actually send their daughters to a, a religious camp for a sleepaway camp. And um, I, uh, just as an aside, uh, for the last four years, I knew about this. I mean, it's not a big secret, but people whom I know were in the camp as well, or they had sons-in-law or something in the camp as administrators, and they were telling me about how the Secret Service was trying to blend into this camp, and it, uh, it was just not doing it. So it's very, very interesting. In any event, uh, so it's an interesting article. I think that it's less of a interesting article by, uh, with regard, now that I'm looking at it and giving it a little bit more thought, I think it's less of an interesting article vis-a-vis -vis the baseball issue, but it is, is something that, uh, you know, basically his, I think his overall pitch, pun fully intended, and uh, hopefully most of you caught that, was the fact that um, if they decide to remain Jewish, not to be ashamed of their Judaism. Do not be ashamed of it. Keep it and be proud of it. Fall, do some follow-up and we'll be continuing because I am also, uh, you know, I still like baseball. I've always had a love of baseball um, and played baseball in Little League, which means absolutely nothing. But I did want to give a shout-out to the Squirrel Hill Little League once again uh, for one of the listeners of the blog, uh, of the podcast. But, okay, we move on to the next topic, which is also a follow-up. And this is a follow-up from a show that we had in season two as well and which is and this is really old news uh, very old news but uh, that is what it is uh Gannett apologizes for misogynistic ethnic slur in photo caption um again you could reference you could go ahead and listen to the uh to the previous show i will throw up a link in the show notes if you need to refresh your memory uh so please go ahead um anyway the there was a caption under a photo of an Orthodox woman nurse at the Center for Health Education in Lakewood, New Jersey, saying, this is a hot nurse, a total Jap, loads a syringe with a dose of Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, at first, they did the deny, 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 deny type of strategy, and they went ahead, and they also, <laughs> what's really strange, uh, is that they also, this editor said that he apologizes to the Asian Amer American community as well. Now, as always, context matters. And one of the interesting things with this context here is they use the word Jap. Now, in this case, Jap does not, is not used as an ethnic slur for someone from Japan. However, what this is referring to is someone who is what they call a Jewish American princess. Uh, and obviously that is an acronym for that. And there is a lot of negative connotations which go into using that acronym uh, specifically to refer to somebody. 
So anyway, it's uh, disappointing, still disappointing, uh, even though that they did fess up to it and apologized for it. Uh, I just wanted to bring that to, you know, to attention and get some closure on that. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's been in my uh, list of things to talk about for a while, but I just never got around to uh, to doing so. So there we there we go with some of that follow up. Okay, who's ready for some news? Let's not all cheer at the same time. Okay, so first issue of news. I've got a couple, and uh, we'll see how many I get through. I'm going to try to get through the interesting ones first. Okay, I got raised hands. Awesome. But let's not always see the same set of hands, please. Uh, okay, uh, my teaching coming through there. Sorry. Um, okay, so the first one is, again, from the Times of Israel. This is an actual honest-to-goodness news article from the uh, from them, and this is about an individual by the name of Bidi Deutsch, and Ms. Deutsch has is a mother. She is an Orthodox woman, and she is now marathoner. She runs that twenty-six point two miles, and just remember, as always, everyone can run. Anyone can run twenty-six miles. It's that point two miles that really gets you. She had won in the Israel's National Championship Marathon in 2019. She was going to be running in the Olympics. However, um, and I, from what I remember, she did not run in the Olympics, or she is not running in the Olympics because the Olympics is still going on at this as, uh, as I record this. But she didn't do that. However, she, couldn't, she is not running in the Olympics from what I understand. And the reason for that is that the Olympics are, or the uh, the events that she would be running are going to be taking place on a Saturday, and which is obviously Shabbos. Now, as to to quote John Goodman, as I am wont to do, I don't, he she does not roll on Shabbos, so she is not going to be doing the running on Shabbos, and so she decided to not run. Interesting story in and of itself. What's interesting about this is Adidas has gone ahead and made her a <clears throat> show. It made her is, is putting a ad campaign about her. Around, um, they're putting together a an ad campaign about her. And what is very interesting about this is, if you take a look, you'll see um, she is not wearing typical runner's garb. Now I think I have a couple of runners or at least one runner in the in the uh in, in the audience in the chat here, but um she she does not run, you know, she'll run with a her head covered as as per what uh orthodox women who are married generally do. And she uh she is wearing consistently wears long sleeves um and she's wearing loose fitting skirts not long i mean i don't know if they're denim that would probably weigh down a little bit too much on the running i'll, I'll leave that to the uh to the experts on that um but if you take a look at the article um which i'll actually post in the chat for for those kids um you'll see she's wearing you know i i, they, I think they photoshopped this uh, picture of her but uh you know, I, I think that the, she definitely, uh, you know, is is wearing clothing which is uh, more modest than your typical 
typical running clothing is. Again, this is not a um, criticism of the running clothing. I under I get why you need to run that. <laughs> and yes, you will not confuse her for a beach volleyball player. That is completely true. Um, total aside, I just saw an article, and I didn't get a chance to read it yet, um, but I just saw an article about where they actually do want to get rid of the bikinis for beach volleyball. Um, I think the popularity of the sport would probably go down considerably if they do that, but this is something that they uh, that they want to do. Apparently, i got to find the article again. I, I, I saw it like for two seconds somewhere. Um, so regardless, this is an interesting article, and I think that it's a very inspiring and positive article as well, because, um, and because uh, specifically, there is a lot of unfortunate harassment that goes on and misunderstanding, really, that goes on with regard to uh, Orthodox Jewish women that really needs to be shattered uh you know not a glass ceiling so to speak but it's stuff that really just the the, the whole concept and the whole idea and um term is on the tip of my head tip of my tongue i should say not on the tip of my head if you if it's on the tip of my head you could probably see it because uh, i don't have any hair but um Stereotype, thank you. The entire stereotype and paradigm really needs to change and go ahead uh, to something a little bit more positive. And I think that individuals like BD Deutsch are very inspiring in, in that aspect. Because uh, they can do this in a very popular way. I don't want to say, not popular is not the right word, but they could do this in a very visible way. Whereas, let's say, uh, the orthodox woman who is running some department in the government is not doing it in, a, in such a visible way because, she, you know, even though there were some news articles about her, you know, she's not an athlete. You know, she's a career, she's a career um, person in, you know, in, in with, these, uh, with these agencies. So it's, it's a totally different type of, it's the same idea, but it's a totally different type of visibility that's going to be there. And I think this is very good. I think this is uh, showing a lot of different and positive and positive uh, things going on. Any questions from uh, from the chat? Uh, this is about an individual by the name. Oh, by the way, it's a New York Times. It's a New York Times article. So uh, it does ask you to create an account. I'll let you uh, deal with that as you may. It is talking about an individual by the name of Amber Adler, and she ran for city council in New York City, which again, I thought was a very, is a very brave decision. I like that decision, and I think that this is wonderful, and I think it's a very good thing. However, um, <clears throat> as with a lot of other individuals that try to break the paradigm um they have a slow going as always it is the it's always the settlers that get the, the pioneers that get the arrows right uh that's probably not pro probably not politically correct anymore but anyway um anyway so she ran for city council people in the community in the, and she's orthodox she's an orthodox woman who is married with children and people questioned her choice not only did people ch question her choice she received abusive messages 
uh, from individuals, caustic comments, even a protest against her. So imagine this, people are, and why are they protesting? Because it is, she is a, a woman. It's, it's very unfortunate. It's, it's an issue that uh, the community here in Brooklyn specifically has with, with sometimes with women doing what are considered quote unquote um, men's jobs. And I think that it's really stupid. It reminds me of another situation, which was the an um, a woman who's actually now a civil court judge uh, by the name of Ruchi Fryer, and you can do a Google search on her if you want. Started an organization uh, of of women, uh, all women volunteer ambulance organization, uh, because there were some women who had felt that they wanted to have only women examine them when it came to specific issues. They did not want uh, somebody, some strange guy, going ahead and doing the examination. She, they felt it would be more comfortable and befitting them to have a, uh, a woman going ahead and doing the, you know, doing the initial checking out of, uh, of, of these types of issues, of these types of medical issues. And anyhow, um, she had originally gone to an organization called Hatsala, which is the big dog when it comes to when it comes to volunteer ambulance here in New York, Brooklyn specifically. Uh, their response times are incredible. I mean, I'm talking about sometimes under six minutes from call to response at somebody's house. They do a very good job. However. This is a place. This is a this is a point where I do disagree with them a lot, which is they went ahead and they said no, you cannot join even as an all women division of Hatsala, you cannot join. And they went ahead and did that. So Rochi Fryer decided, who's a lawyer, civil court judge, like I said, she went ahead and she formed her an all woman volunteer service separate from this Hatzala. It's called Ezra's Nashim. Um, Nashim being the Hebrew noun for women. And Ezra's is like kind of a verb for help. helping. So helping women or shield for women. Ozer could be used as a shield. Multiple term. you know, uh, Hebrew is not as strict with the language translations as other things. I'm sorry, as other languages. So it, you know, but that's that's basically loosely what it means, and they had a huge amount of feedback. If you want to see some of the problems that they had, there is a documentary by the name of, I believe it is Ninety Three Queen. Let me just, uh, yes. 93 Queen. It was on PBS. You might be able to find it on a streaming service. I would have to look. Um, but if anybody else wants to do the looking for me, that is wonderful. And, you know, these are these are problems. But again, I think that this is a great positive face being put on to going ahead and uh, and doing this because this is what these these are the role models, in my personal opinion, and somebody who has a daughter. Um, of course, she's 21. She's got, you know, she's she's good. Um, but you know, once the need, the community, and they need women, all kids, all all kids need positive role models. 
uh, and the more positive role models that you have, the better off you're going to be. And I think that these are people who are positive. Both of these people, B.D. Deutsch and Amber Adler, are positive role models. And I, I think that it's a great, uh, a great idea. And something that should be, as I said, something that should be very celebrated and, uh, you know, all good things should go to them, I guess you could say. Oh, my good. No. Oh, this is a cool piece. Of, this is a cool piece of news. Again, it is a month old, so I apologize for not getting to it earlier. But this is, the, uh, you know, just a, some brief backstory, I guess you could say. I am a biblical archaeology fan. I think that it's, I, I'm fascinated by it. I don't always agree with their findings of what they, you know, or what they've found and you know, what the, how they interpret the findings, but I always think that it's very cool. And here we have an article from Israel National News. And again, I am going to post this into the chat for those if they would like to follow along. And it talks about the first temple, a uh, first first temple era segment of Jerusalem's city wall uncovered. And this would have potentially been the portion of the wall that was breached uh, before Nebuchadnezzar went ahead and invaded Jerusalem and then uh, laid waste and destroyed the first temple. So we have this dating back, which is awesome. And I think it's very, very cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so the, the, say they, they found this stuff, um, and it is, uh, it is fascinating, and, you know, I, I, I like it, and it is very, uh, very fascinating. They, they, they found other findings from the first temple era, which is, again, cool, I'm a fan, um, but we will, we will talk about that later. Um, okay, anyhow. So, what are we at on time? We are at 39 minutes, so I could probably do... Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Finally, in the news, and I think we might just leave it at the news segments uh, for today, but uh, if I can only find my note-taking app. Here we go. Okay. Final piece. You know, last week we talked about, or last episode, it'll be next last week or so, but I talked about... Ragman being the first Jewish superhero, or a mostly well-known Jewish superhero, I should say. I don't know if they're, you know, like I said, I think Kitty Pride is probably the most well-known Jewish superhero, but um, I think the emphasis on the ish with Kitty, as opposed to the Jew. Also, there's Ben Grimm. Okay, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go far afield on that one, because this is also hits my geek zone very, very heavily. Um... Okay, and this talks about uh, the topic, or the sub, or the title, I should say, of this article from a website which I've never heard of again, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, called Comics XF, and it says Superman the Jew: A History of People Through the World's Greatest Hero. And what this does is this kind of goes ahead, and this is from when? This is from August second, so it's relatively up to date. Um, you know, good for me. Uh, and but what this talks about is that um, some of the stuff that you know Superman 
originally happened you know originally happened with him as being a stranger from in a strange land and all of this stuff um you know was uh he actually this is an interesting point here that he debuted in action comics number one june of 1938 uh three years before the nazis marched into a part of lithuania called kovno which had a huge, very large Jewish community. Um, very famous people lived there, uh, well-known Talmudic scholars and the like. Um, but this goes through the history of Siegel and Schuster, was it? Siegel and Schuster? Yes, I believe so. Uh, who founded, yes, Siegel and Schuster, who created Superman. Um, and they were Jews, I believe, living in Cleveland at the time. Um, and uh, it goes through a little bit of the history and, you know, how he shows, you know, there are cer certain uh, Jewish parts to him. Um, so anyway, it, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. And of course, it does mention in the article, Michael Shabon's or Kabon. I never get that straight. Just like GIF or JIF. I don't even know. Uh, but it goes, talks about his book, The Adventure, Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which kind of is a fictional account, or The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is uh, basically a fictional account of these, of Siegel and Schuster creating Superman and the like. So, any event, uh, I thought it's interesting, again, as someone that read comics as in, I think I started in an, as an older adult or old or a young or older teenage older older young adult ah whatever. I started um, in my twenties reading comics really, uh, so I, I I find this stuff fascinating. I'm big into it. Uh, I'm not big into comics anymore. I don't really read because I don't think the comics are all that good. But that's a different topic for a different time. That is some of the follow-up and some of the news that we have going on today. Uh, any questions from the chat? Ah, comment from from uh, from one of the people here, uh, who says BD Deutsch's Instagram is so wholesome. All right, I'm glad to hear that. Being that I am not on Instagram, it's a little bit difficult for me to uh, see that, and I'm, you know, but. Uh, you know, if you know, just as an as an aside from uh, on that, if you're interested in an art in an interview with Beatty Deutsch, there is um, there is a show which is on YouTube, I believe, called Behind the Bima. The Bima is a Hebrew-ish term for the big table where they where we read the Torah, or the Torah gets read. Um, and it's a series uh, by, a, by the senior rabbi of the Boca Raton Synagogue the, by the name of Ephraim Goldberg. And he does an interview with somebody every week. And it's fascinating. It could be fascinating. Um, I will try to post a link to that in the show notes as well to, to get her, you know, to get a better full story and... You know, obviously, it's going to focus on Judaism, 
because it's a rabbi and it's called Behind the Bima, so it wouldn't be surprising, but it focuses on her life and challenges and how she gets through some of these challenges. And it might be an inspiring story, so I'm going to post that in the show notes as well. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 2, which is just pretty much a follow-up and news roundup episode. And we, um, I'd like to ask everybody, as a re- small request, I don't like to ask, or I, you know, as a guy that used to be in marketing and sales, I don't do a good job of this. However, um, I do, would like to make a request for you to subscribe, to review the podcast so we can, you know, get this a little bit more notice. The more reviews that we get, the better it is. If you don't like the, if you don't like it, leave a bad review. That's I'm okay with that. I'm I'm secure enough to uh, to deal with that. Anyhow, as I say that, as I'll be craw- crawling up into a fe- the fetal position uh, once I get my first bad review. Thank you very much all for listening. I am Aaron Benedict, and of course, I am not a rabbi.